Hello, uh, a gentleman, a lady. How's everybody doing this evening? We're doing fine, champ. You ready for next week? Uh, 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 ready? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm ready. <laughs> and what's going on? Happy Monday, brand new week. Um, this is your man, this is your man, the Guru. This is the Knucklehead Chronicles uh, podcast, man. Uh, and I am doing my series called The Origin. Uh, if you count part one, which was last week, um, I was talking about starting to tell my life story from the age of 16, uh, thereabouts, 16. Um, and we'll, we'll get into part two here in a second. But uh, give me some shout-outs real quick, if I could. Um, everybody who listened to uh, everybody who listened to part one and downloaded it, if you're listening to part two, thank you so much for being supportive and listening. I really appreciate you. I know I've seen uh, some folks, my good my good friend Lala over there on Twitter, uh, actually listened to the, uh, the part one. Thank you, Lala. Um, and, and whoever else listened to the podcast, I just saw Lala, so I just gave it, I decided to give her a shout out. So thank you for listening to the podcast. All right, this is uh, part two. Oh, before I get into that, uh, a little bit of sports news. You know, you guys love the sports. Um, my Buccaneers, out of the playoffs, they got beat by the uh, – who, who beat the Buccaneers? Uh, oh, crap, I can't think of right now. I think it was the Rams. I think it was the Rams that beat my Buccaneers. Which is crazy. But, uh, you know, be it – you know, everybody asks me, people pick at me all the time. They say, you know, Terry, why, why, how are you pulling for the Bucks? And you live in Kansas, you live in Missouri. Um, well, because I can, first of all. Secondly, um, it, it makes sense because, you know, the old saying goes, when in Rome, you do what the Romans do, right? And so uh, I've been to a couple of Chiefs games, and they are they are absolutely phenomenal. Those guys up there in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes and, and, uh, in the game, they're phenomenal. So... I am uh, I am like not a Chiefs supporter. I can't say that I'm a fan yet because if I say if I, if I say that I'm a fan, I'm bandwagon. I'm not really a bandwagon fan, but that's just what it is. Anyways, to the podcast. This is the Nuggethead Chronicles uh, podcast, the Origin Part Two. Now, if you listen to the first part of the uh, the first chapter or the first installment of this podcast, this I was uh, telling you guys about. Uh, my mother first told me that my father that raised me for many, many moons uh, weren't, wasn't my biological father and what and how that kind of affected me and my decision-making. Uh, so part two, or origin, uh, the origin part two is, is no different. Um, that moment in my life at 16 and 17 um, dictated how I, you know, it dictated how I made decisions and thought about things for the entirety of my life until I was about mm, 42, 43, and then it got a little different. So in part two, now I told you at the end of part one that I was um, I was actually getting ready to have a baby. My baby's mother, I'm not going to call her name, but my baby's mother, she was uh, pregnant, my first daughter. Uh, and if you listen to the Knucklehead Chronicles long enough, you've seen her on my podcast and my, my, uh, both of my daughters. Actually, you've seen both of them on the podcast. But, <coughs> excuse me, my first daughter, uh, my my eldest, um, she uh, was 
being she was conceived and she was stewing in mama's belly and this so much stuff went on. Uh, it was it, it was like her parents against my parents. Um, they didn't, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna say they didn't want to take responsibility because it's not their responsibility to take. It was mine, but because I was it, but, but but because I was a minor, they was like, no, we gotta protect him, and so that's what they did. But they only could do was so much, right? So my baby's mother's mother. And her father, her grand, her father, um, they didn't really like me. They really, they didn't really care for me. Even though, you know, I was over their house all the time. We went on family vacations together. Things of this nature, and you know, I thought, I thought they, we had a good rapport, but not so much. <laughs> and so, um, so she, after, after the baby was born, after my daughter was here, uh, they decided, or they had the bright idea to go downtown and file papers on me to pay child support. So like I told you, because in part one, I had to go take a blood test, and then to make sure, they, you, had, you know, with child support, the first thing you have to do before you pay anything is you have to, you have to establish paternity. So had the blood test done. The test came back 99.9999% that this baby was mine, so I could not, you know, deny that. Uh, and they immediately put me on a child support order, um, and I was like, man, I'm, you know, 17, 16, 17, 16, 16, 17, and I'm going, I don't want to build child support. But then, you know, what choice did you have? The child support laws have changed drastically from then to now. Um, back then, if you were put on a child support order and you didn't go to court, you didn't pay your child support, they will file a contempt uh, charge against you, have you served, you have to come, and you have to come to court to show just cause as to why you did not pay or not paying child support. And that was a scary thing, you know. Uh, as young men, that's scary. But these young, these young cats today are getting away with, or are getting, are getting away with absolute murder, you know. Um, so I remember my very first time I was held in contempt of court. They sentenced me to thirty days in jail. Thirty days in jail. Now, I never could understand something about child support laws. Is that if you lock away the, the, the father, if you lock him away, how is he paying child support? And then and then not only ask the question, how are you paying child support, how are y'all still letting it accrue? You know what I'm saying? Like it was crazy. So there was a lot of times <coughs> excuse me, there was a lot of times where I had to um I had to go to court show cause uh, the, I only got I only got uh, found guilty one time of showing cause or showing just cause but I think they know there um, just one of those it was, a, it was just another thing that happened in my life that just compounded everything and so while going through this whole child support business I really was 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 pissed off at my, my baby's mother because I'm like you know I'm 16 you know I'm 17 you know why are you doing this but it took me many moons to realize that it doesn't matter how old I was, right? It was the fact that I I, I made a decision. Um, I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. It's an adult thing, right? So I had no choice, right? Um, it was my responsibility. So I, I had that. So, but it, like I said, it took me many moons, and I stayed mad with her for a long, 
long time. Part of me uh, resented her up into my adult age. Like, well, why would I, why would I, why did I resent her, right? The same reason why most men resent women is because I wasn't man enough to, to, to take care of my business. And so instead of being mad, being mad at myself, you know, the same thing most men do, we deflect, right? We deflect and we're like, nope, it's your fault that I didn't play child support. It's your fault that I didn't get a job. It's your fault, you know. Um, but it took me a while. It took me a while to get to that place. And I'm like, my daughter didn't deserve what was going on between me and her. I should have been man enough, swallowed that old pride of mine, and been a father to my child. But I didn't. So, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, man, I'm trying to battle the COVID, man. It's crazy. Um, so she was born. And... I'm living my life. By the time she, you know, I'm 17, still in school. I, I, I finally graduated from high school, eventually. <laughs> let, let me say this. I did graduate on time. <laughs> in 1993, I graduated. So if anybody out there is listening to this podcast, and yeah, I'm old. I graduated uh, from high school, 93. So I'm out of high school. I'm still trying to figure out life, right? But I made the mistake uh, listening to one of my friends. So in my junior year of high school, and I, this is when before my uh, baby's mother got pregnant, in my junior year, I went listening to one of my friends and signed up for the Army National Guard. Yes, I, I am considered a veteran, maybe. And I, I'm like, no, because I didn't make it. Okay, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I signed up for the National Guard. So during the summer of my junior year, I was going to um, you know, guardsmen doing a, a drill once a month, you know, or whatever, uh, for the weekend. So I would go to drill, but I was still in high school and I was getting paid, which helped me with my child support business, right? So Needless to say, by the time I graduated from, you know, by the time I got out of high school, I had not repaid the debt back to Uncle Sam. So I had to go to boot camp, right? So the summer of 1993, I leave home, North Carolina. I love North Carolina. It's my home. I leave North Carolina, hop on a plane, and I go to boot camp. Now, before we go into boot camp, I just want to, I want you guys to understand something. If you're listening to this and you want to go to the military, please, please, please study for the ASFAB test. Now, the ASFAB is the military entrance exam. Okay, Make sure that you take the ASFAB because if you go in there, take the, the ASFAB, and you wing it, I can promise you, you're going to fail it, right? And you and back then, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure, what the score is now, uh, but back then for me it was a thirty, a thirty-one, I think it was, and that's exactly what I made on my ASVAB test was a thirty-one. Now thirty-one, you can you know with a score of thirty-one, the jobs that you do in the military are limited, right? So please, if you if you if you're listening to this, you want to go to the military, please study for the ASVAB. Anyway, 
So then I go to I go to Fort Seal, Oklahoma. That's where I did my boot camp. So anybody familiar? Uh, it is in Lawton, Oklahoma. And um, man, that was a trying time, right? So of course, back then, eight, uh, boot camp was eight weeks long, and then you go to AIT for another five weeks. So I do I get there. Um, I'm good the first week because we are in. Um, purgatory as it were not necessarily on the base yet but we're kind of like outside you know getting our shots getting our haircuts you know things of this nature you know uh, I've, I've got they call it orientation or whatever um so I've, we were there for a week and i met some i met some amazing people that i ended up being in the same platoon with when i get that when i got to the base because it was just a bunch of dudes at one time it's you know, an intake. It was just a bunch of guys. We was just all there together, and um, I ended up meeting some great folks. Uh, one guy in particular, name is Michael Titsworth. Yeah, his name is Tits. T i t z w r w o r h t. Titsworth. That was his name. Michael uh, Titsworth. Really cool guy. Um, but we was in boot camp together, and it was just, you know, I was just young and dumb and free. I, at this time, my mentality was, I'm just going to do what I can to make it, right? Because I got a baby back home that I got to take care of. And, but, I, but the mistake that I made is that I had a girlfriend, younger girlfriend, as a matter of fact. We'll get into that. Uh, and so that messed up my head. So at this time, and my mother and my father, they tried, or my mother and my stepfather, they tried, um, but it's just that it wasn't clicking. I was still you know, kind of delving in that. So PTSD, folks, is real, right? Mental illness is real. Like when I was in boot camp, I was so mad at my mama. I was just trying to get with my, my I miss my girlfriend. I was mad at baby mama. I got a baby, I got a baby that's here that needs me, da 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 Went through the whole nonsense. Confusing time. And only thing that I did was compound everything that I was going through. So needless to say, I only spent six weeks, no, five weeks in Fort Seal before I decided I'm going to plot my way out of there so I can go home. So that's what I did. Um, I was in boot camp, and no, uh, naturally, I have flat feet, right? I have no arches in my feet, which is something that you could you could easily uh, get over uh, just with arch supports, right? But back then, you know, a person with a person with flat feet is no good to the army, you know, because you can't you can't go on road marches, you can't do any trainings, really, you can't do nothing if you have flat feet, because if you're carrying around a 35-pound rucksack on your back, an M16, and everything else, you, you can't do that. This is not your thing. And so I remember going to the uh, medical center, and I, th- I think we were going into our fifth week of boot camp. And I remember the doctor asking me, the doctor says, well, Private Little, you do have mildly flat feet. Now you have a choice. You can stay here, rough it out, Finish out boot camp, or I can send you home. I can give you I can give you honorable discharge and send you home. And I was like, all right, 
I want to go home. Not thinking about my future. Not thinking about, you know, what this impacted, what, what this what this means. The only thing I heard was go home. And so that's what I did. Now, one thing about the military, I will tell you this, is when if, if you go to the military, they fly you out. You know, you got food on the plane. You got, you know, all kind all of the amenities of a first-class uh, military personnel. But, baby, get sent home. <laughs> get sent home. Dumb bad boys. Let me tell you what they did. They said, okay, we're going to send you home. They <laughs> gave me a third-class bus ticket. A third-class. Bruh. A third-class bus, bus ticket. They wouldn't even. So I get on a bus, a Greyhound. Caught the bus uh, on, on, uh, on, uh, on, I can't think of the name of the place. The, on the campus of the military base. But it took me three days to get home on this on this Greyhound bus. Three days, and I was like, "All right." So I finally get home. I look at my mom. I say, "Mom, I'm home." She's like, "What you doing here?" <laughs> you know, because she was mad at me. And this is what happened. She was mad at me because I had at this time. You guys, and people of certain age is going to remember this. But back then, you can call people collect, right? You can't do it, you can't do it now. But uh, back then, you call them collect. And my mother had a uh, collect a collect uh, card that I used that, uh, that she gave me for boot camp. And uh, I burnt that son of a gun up. By the time I got home, I had racked up over uh, $400 worth of charges of talking to her girlfriend and all of that and so um, yeah that, that, that yeah so she was mad by the time I got home um, and she was stay mad at me but can I tell you something that that really is that doing that to her was kind of a mini payback you know, and I know it sounds strange, but it was kind of a mini payback for me. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely a flex. And I was just mad, and I was mad, and I was walking around the house, like, uh, I got you back. Nah, nah, boo-boo, you know. <laughs> But I paid for that because I had I ended up having to pay my mom back. That's that uh, four hundred bucks. Um, so yeah, back home, had no idea what I was doing, um, and I just kind of coasted through life. Um, I didn't know whether I was coming or going. Um, angry, hurt, trying to raise a baby, who I was who I was not there for. And you will hear me echo this sentiment through this whole process, or this whole uh, series. You'll hear me echo the sentiment that I was not there for my um, for my babies. I were not, was not. Um, but it'll come to a head here in a little bit. You know, you know what I'm talking about. So 
um, I went to work, you know, tried to, you know, tried to stay, keep my head above water and work a little bit and uh, pay a little bit of child support that I could and, you know, all of that. Um, but it was, it was still really hard for me. I tried to get back in church, you know, because those of you guys that know me uh, know that I'm a, I'm a PK, I'm a preacher's kid. So uh, I was in church every other day. But at that juncture in my life, I was maybe 19, you know, going into that uh, 20 almost. And so I had the bright idea of getting married um, because my youngest, my, my girlfriend, I'm sorry, that I had was about four or five years my junior. Um, and so God rest her soul, she passed on some time ago. Uh, but she was really cool. Uh, girl, but I, it, it was just, it was a young, it was a thing. It was just something, a thing, you know. And uh, I moved on, and I was like, well, I'm bored, and I want to do something in life. And I was like, well, I'm, I got I, I, you know, life, I got to do something. I have to do something. And so I, I ran into, I, got, I had family all over, you know. And so I had this cousin, and she called me up, and she says, um, we, we had a family reunion or, or some kind of family get-together. And she came to it, and she was like, Terry, what you doing? I said, I ain't, I ain't doing nothing. I'm just kind of chilling, you know. And at this time, I was 19. I know I was 19 at this time. Because she said, hey, I got a friend of mine that you should meet. I said, really? You know, and this was almost the, <laughs> it was the beginning of some really, really bad decision-making. It was just really, really crazy stuff. But she says, um, I got this friend that you should really meet. I says, okay. So I, says, I said, okay. So tell me about her. So she tells me, she says, you know, she's awesome. She's got, uh, she's got a son. She already had a baby. She's got a son. And she was supposed to get married last weekend. Okay, I want y'all to catch this. She was supposed to get married last weekend, but she got stood up at the altar. What? <laughs> what happened? You know, but silly me, you know, I'm 19. I'm, I'm, I'm vengeful. Um, I just want to get out of my mama's house. I was just, you know, whatever. And she was, she was like, yeah, she was, she was supposed to get married, but the dude stood her up at the altar. I'm like, I, I says, okay, I'll meet her. You know, and, that was the beginning of some stuff that would that changed the course of my life and my mindset for the longest. Um, and I was like, I can't. I don't, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I still to this day, it's, I still worry. I still it still bothers me of how I made a decision like that without even giving it much a thought. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, let's just like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And <laughs> it started. It started. Uh, it wasn't all bad, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but we'll get into that in Chapter 3. But this is Part 2, uh, the origin Part 2. Uh, that's some better parts. I'm sorry I'm, if, this was, if this bored you. I do apologize. If my voice got on your nerves, I'm sorry. I'm getting over or fighting over a cold or whatever. So I tried to do um, my part here. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you. 
uh, and I will catch you guys on part three.